Hey, everybody. You know, Mark and I have over 20 years of experience as therapists and as addicts in long-term successful recovery. We know better than anyone what works and what doesn't to break out of porn and sex addiction, heal betrayal trauma, and reclaim your relationship. And we've poured all of our personal and professional recovery and healing experience into a first-of-its-kind program for addicts, spouses, and couples. We call it Dare to Connect. At least four times every week, we engage with you in real time, in the trenches, giving you the knowledge and the tools to take back your life and relationship. Whatever else you've done on your journey for healing and recovery, you've never done anything like this. You know, Mark and I, we've made all the mistakes, so you don't have to. Don't reinvent the wheel. We all know tomorrow never comes. Look, don't wait one more day to change. Claim your free two-week trial today at daretoconnectnow.com. everybody. I'm Steve Moore. And I'm Mark Castleman. We know the pain and heartbreak of porn and sex addiction. And we know the triumph of breaking completely free. Every day, we help our clients find hope and healing. Join us in the fight to take back your life, your marriage, and be stronger than ever. This is the PBSC Squared Podcast. Hey, everybody. Steve Moore and Mark Castleman here. Welcome to the PBSC Podcast. It's great to be with you guys. Today is episode 168. Uh, we've got a really cool topic today based on a uh, submission by a partner of an addict who wrote in today. And it's a it's a great topic because it's all about communication and kind of a unique dynamic or challenge surrounding it. And Mark and I really like this topic for a couple of reasons, uh, but one, one of which being that we can def- we definitely can personally reference with uh, where this addict is coming from and how he's struggling. And uh, we'll get into that in just a little bit, but I'll just briefly read this and we'll we'll kind of jump into the topic. Hi, I was wondering if you could do a podcast on communication. My partner is a recovering sex addict and he has a hard time with communication and working on fixing issues that come up because he basically freezes and doesn't know what to say. With years of verbal abuse from an old employer, plus the life of addiction that he's battled, He's learned to not argue or say anything to avoid confrontation. This becomes a battle for me as I'm really trying hard to work on communicating with him and making it a priority for myself. This is something we are battling and I don't want to lose out on what is an amazing relationship, even despite the addiction, just because we can't communicate effectively. Even simple things such as asking for help with something he's struggling with, uh, uh, he's struggling with and it can be too much. And then he's just angry because he's struggling but won't reach out to me and it causes conflict. So he kind of goes into shame as a result. So mm-hmm. great topic. And like I said, Mark and I definitely can can reference with this. We both have a sadly too much past experience uh, uh, in terms of what we, I guess we'll call for today, for lack of a better term, communication trauma and how that can definitely play out. Uh, so yeah, we're going yeah, to jump into communi- this. Communication trauma. Right. And there's so many sources about how, you know, how this guy ended up where he is. Like, like you said, we can relate so much to this. But if you, if you look back at communication in our lives from a very, very early, early age, 
unless we were raised in a really healthy family environment, which is not very common with regard to communication, there were all sorts of bad communication styles that were, <laughs> that were modeled to us. Right. And if I think back, it all started with my family of origin and all the, you know, the communication that existed there, which essentially was, you know, children should be seen and not heard. I came very much out of that generation. Um, you know, or if you, if you dared to challenge anyone in quote authority, that was older than you, bigger than you, um, smarter than you, richer than you, you know, whatever. Um, a lot of this, a lot of my struggles with communication came from this twisted view of authority. And so bosses at work, um, parents, absolutely. Uh, teachers in school. Oh my gosh. Do we have stories about that? Um, even peers, peers that were bigger than me, you know, better athletes than me, smarter than me, you know, older than me. And I even had, I even, this will sound really bizarre, but I even had a younger sister who was so intimidating and so aggressive in her communication style that she <clears throat> literally caused me to just like shake. <laughs> I just, mm -hmm. if I would could be confronted by her, I, I just, my tongue would get thick in my mouth and I would get nervous. And I, I did not know how to interact with that girl. Right. So all, yeah. all of these different relationships and, and, uh, bad, you know, destructive dysfunctional communication styles that we were raised with our whole lives. Now we bring all of that into this marriage, this partner relationship, right. That's being described. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and while we wouldn't, obviously, not every communication interaction we've had that may be traumatic for us might be considered abusive, quote unquote. Not necessarily, just, yeah. Just like the pro, just like kind of the profile of abuse, it is something that we do tend to pass to from one person to another, right? As the saying goes, it's it's true that hurt people oftentimes hurt people. Mm. And I look back on some of these experiences that I've had. You know, I think back on a. On a uh, early on in my uh, therapy career, I worked at an agency where I worked with a, a colleague who was supposed to be a colleague, but really ended up being a ty tyrannical bully mm. uh, from a place of insecurity. Was very emotionally manipulative and abusive. I was I was deep in my addiction, highly codependent. Was brand new in my career. Was was looking for someone to kind of mentor that I could trust, and she really did a number on me. Unfortunately, I ended up actually leaving that job in large measure because my interaction with her was so toxic uh, that I didn't, at the time, I didn't really know how to manage it. And uh, so we can definitely reference with, with what's going on here. You know, and this does come from, for, it can come from anybody, right? Mark and I both have experience with this professionally, and we were kind of comparing notes about stories before we started today. But as Mark said, you know, I mean, bosses, spouses, current or past romantic partners, right? I mean, all over the place, we... We pick up these, these, what we would call trauma messages, right? That, that teach us different things. And in the case of communication trauma, those messages can look like lots of different things. Uh, for me, if I was to give like some of those personal examples, it would be that confrontation is never safe, right? Ever. Oh no. Confrontation um, is to be avoided at all costs. Yeah. Any kind of, it doesn't matter what it is, right? Confrontation as a whole is just negative. Um, it's a negative experience. It's something to be avoided. And, you know, when we talk about that baseline thinking error of, of around confrontation uh, and communication, 
That honestly, that goes beyond even communication trauma. I, I think, I mean, I can only speak to us here in the States, but I, it, I think a lot of it goes back to human nature where we tend to be confrontation avoidant. People mm-hmm. don't like engaging with it. It's, it, it generally is viewed as, you know, something negative when in fact it can actually be really positive and if done right and is necessary for growth. And, so. and, and, and if we, and if we're to be really frank about it, how many times did we have, did we have confrontation modeled to us as a healthy practice? Oh gosh. Right. <laughs> we, we use the term and, and when I first heard this term, I thought it was the most ridiculous term I had ever heard in my entire life. Collaborative confrontation. Yeah. It's like, what collaborative confrontation? Are you insane? You can't mm-hmm. collaborate when you're, when you're confrontational when you're both coming from different sides and what happened to us, we learned that any kind of confrontation was not safe. Yeah. Because for me, what usually ended up happening, if I got into any kind of a confrontation, two things would happen. One, I would lose because the person confronting, we were confronting each other was so dominant and so aggressive and so authoritative and shut me down so horribly that I would walk away smashed right? Mm, Smash, yep. smash to smithereens. Or if I managed to be the dominant one in that, you know, I got angry or aggressive or whatever, I would still walk away just feeling horrible, right? Okay. Mm. I, I quote one that, then why do I feel like, why do I feel so awful? So mm. in either case, it was a no win. And, and, and I learned don't confront because it isn't safe. It doesn't turn out well ever. Yeah. Yeah. Confrontation will get you in trouble. will get you hurt. will get, get you a lot of things that are negative. Well, as we jump China into this, you know, these podcasts, they're obviously short. We, we, we only, uh, we only have, uh, we're just going to be kind of touching on this issue, but we did want to kind of jump into some of the things that we do with our clients, both individual in our clinics, as well as in our dare to connect program. And there are a couple of those uh, areas that we'd encourage you, uh, the, the listener who submitted this, as well as all of you, uh, if you're looking at, at changing the style of communication in your marriage and in other relationships as well. Um, and the first area of that is definitely going to be, you know, processing. Um, there are lots of different ways to do that. But one of the things that, you know, I, I and I know Mark does something similar with clients is I will I will have them write down actually a, a timeline when it comes to trauma, you know, in a specific area, in this case, communication. And I'll have them go back and look at different relationships that they've had over time and then look at specific interactions that they had with those people. And as they describe and write out that timeline, I'll have them write out, you know, if you were to think about it and examine it, and, you know, look at it through a lens of journaling and contemplation, what trauma messages, quote unquote, did you learn from that experience, right? What messages were taught to you? What messages were reinforced that you'd already learned, right? What are those? And I, I will have actually people write that out, right? What, like, for example, the one we were just talking about, right? Communication isn't safe, right? I think back to a longtime client that I've, I, I worked with for a long, long time. He shared one time where he, he had a grandfather where he was, uh, uh, he was sharing something with in a vulnerable way. He had his back turned to his grandfather. I mean, it was just a horrible, heartbreaking story. He said something vulnerable and his grandfather literally kicked him in the butt as hard as he could. Mm. And the grandson that my client turned around and looked at him and the grandfather said something more or less that, you know, that kind of talk will, you know, get you not good things around here. So he had someone in a position of power literally teach him in a literal way, 
confrontation or vulnerability is literally unsafe. Yep. You'll literally be hurt by it, right? Yeah, and it's important to to journal process this out so that you can Absolutely. so that you can speak your truth to yourself. We can't mm-hmm. we can't get into confrontation with others in a collaborative way if I can't even confront my own issues in my own past, my anger, my the way that I was disrespected, the way that I was discounted and minimized. It's really important to process through that, right? I learned that my opinion doesn't matter. I don't have a voice. I'm not smart. I'm you know, I'm not important. Right, all the things that that we went through, and so we process through that. I know, like uh, Steve and I have, will often have people do that as a very cathartic experience. Well, yeah. you get a big old ream of paper and five ballpoint pens, so you don't run out of ink, and you go into the woods or the park or the beach, and you write that sucker out. You vomit it all out and get it all out, and that can take multiple multiple episodes, maybe over days or weeks. And I'll often have people take all that when they're completely done, put it all in an envelope and burn the sucker in the barbecue or flush it down the toilet or, you know, pour, pour <laughs> gasoline on it, and light it on fire, whatever, whatever you got to do. But that processing to get in touch so that you at least have an initial voice that's just your voice with yourself. Yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, there, there are so many elements to this process, guys, of developing out you know, different ways of, of communicating and addressing some of these issues. If we were to, you know, if we were to move to another important pop topic, you know, if, if we're going to start shifting to healthy patterns and this may sound obvious, but sometimes it's shocking when we start to look at it, how often we don't do this, we have to ask ourselves, you know, what is the, I guess, for lack of a better term, what is the caliber or capacity of the people who I choose to share with right now? Right. You've heard us quote before one of our favorite Brene Brown quotes on here is that people need to earn the right to share your story. Right. If I'm vulnerable and open with somebody, am I am I doing an adequate job of selecting the company that I keep when it comes to that? Yeah. Right. Am I matching my level of openness with with the people that I, I am around? Right. Am I sharing in an appropriate level or in a way that is conducive and reflective of what level of intimacy or connection this relationship bears, right? And am I, or am I breaking any boundaries there? Because there are, there are lots of people out there who are willing to hear us out, who are willing to give us time, who are willing to be authentic in return. And there are a lot of people who are not. And, and obviously if you're dealing with someone who is unhealthy in that way, there are lots of ways to handle that. And it can be that you can handle that. But one of those is going to be making sure that you keep the communication dialed back more to, you know, if this is a business relationship, they can't really tolerate much more than that. And we keep it business, right? And allow the intimacy side to be reflective of whatever that is. But where you can, trying to surround yourself and doing your very best to surround your people, yourself with people and invest in people that can help to heal some of those wounds, for lack of a better term, right? Surround yourself with people who do get it and are willing to teach you through their own actions of communication and, and show you that you know, confrontation can be healthy and we still can be connected at the end of it and, and all of those good things. So choosing that circle is is pretty important as well as getting rid of the, the components to it that may be problematic. Yeah, because if you start to try to dare to use these techniques that we're talking about and you do it with unhealthy people, your past trauma is going to shut you down. You're not going to get re-traumatized. Gonna, yeah, you're not going to dare to do it. I'm not going to try that again. Of course not. Don't, don't, don't put yourself out like that. See, every time I put myself out, I get my head chopped off. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. And you're just, you're just going to retreat back into your old place. So, so finding those safe people is just so critical. And if we talk about some of the basic healthy communication skills, right. Um, reflective listening, right. Hearing a person mm-hmm. out and then reflecting back questions to them because you're genuinely curious. You want to come to a place of understanding where they're coming from. Right. And that's, that's a big focus of yours. Uh, a big one for me was getting learning how to do I feel <clears throat> messages instead of lashing out and and pointing at the other person and ripping on them, keeping it to me. You know what? When you just said that, it, I feel right. I I felt small when you just said that, or I felt foolish, or that was very hurtful to me when you just said that. And here's why. Notice how I keep it on my side of the communication street. So yeah. the I feel messages is really important. Yeah, I mean, and there are a lot of other pieces that obviously tie into communication, right? Learning how to empathize, mm-hmm. not just with others, but also first with yourself. Uh, boldness, um, uh, learning how to be bold in a tactful and healthy way, right? Pr- you know, learning how to find your voice. Skills that we talk about all the time on on here on the podcast, but we really go in depth with on our Dare to Connect program, like taking a break are a huge component of this process, right? And and learning how to uh, also valuable, you know, rules for communication, right? That, you know, there are three perspectives in the room. There's reality, your reality, the other person's reality. These are all things that we we talk about a lot and go really in depth with uh, in, in, in our Dare to Connect program. Well, that's why we call it Dare to Connect, right? Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> this is not easy stuff all of, for all of us. You know what? Trying to overcome communication trauma is one of the hardest things you'll ever do. And yeah. it does take some boldness, some courage, some daring to, to put yourself out. You're going to have to put yourself out there, but you do it with people that are safe to start. You do it with yourself first through the, all the journaling and reflection we talked about. You do it with safe people, right? And you just practice and practice and put yourself out there a little bit. And if things aren't going well, like we said, you take a break. Instead of instead of just giving up on the whole thing and saying, I'm never going to try that again, you say, you know what, this isn't, I can feel that I'm starting to get angry or I'm starting to shut down. Uh, can we take a break and come back and try this again, right? Mm-hmm. At this afternoon or, you know, tomorrow at, you know, uh, at 10, 10 a.m., you make an appointment to come back and you try again. You don't give up. Don't let that old trauma keep you stuck. You're going to have to put yourself out there. A little bit at a time. And when you fall down, you know, collect yourself, look at what happened and come back and try again. Yeah. Just, just keep trying. This is this is repetition and practice. You will get there. It, it can seem sloppy and it can seem like, you know, this isn't worth it. I don't like how I'm feeling, but just keep coming back. Practice, practice, practice. Yep. Well, guys, this is a, this is a great topic. Like, like we said, there are lots, there are lots more things out there uh, in terms of, of, of how to develop and how to grow this out. We do hope that you guys will, if you haven't already give a, give a shot at uh, uh, the Dare to Connect program for addicts, spouses, and couples that we run. Uh, We do have a two week free trial with that. Uh, Please come, come on out, find out what the buzz is about. We continue to grow each day, but would love to get uh, that program in your hands so that we can take the healing and the connection and the growth in this journey that all of you are engaged into the next level. And you can find more information about that at daretoconnectnow.com. As always, you can also, uh, you're always welcome to submit questions that we can uh, try to answer briefly, although these are always complicated topics. So oftentimes it is kind of an overview uh, on the podcast at pbscpodcast.com at the contact form. We'd love to hear from you there. 
Uh, have a great day, guys. Have a great rest of your week. Take care of yourselves, and we will uh, talk to you next time. Everything expressed on the PBSC podcast are the opinions of the hosts and the participants and is for informational and educational purposes only. This podcast should not be considered mental health therapy or as a substitute thereof. It is strongly recommended that you seek out the clinical guidance of an individual qualified mental health professional. If you're experiencing thoughts of suicide, self-harm, or a desire to harm others, please dial 911 or go to your nearest emergency room.